0: As cyber attacks waged against the financial sector have increased, banking leaders have risen to the occasion, stressing the need for more information sharing, cross-industry collaboration and a stronger focus on increasingly enhancing cyber defenses. Among those who stands out the most is Kelly King, CEO and chairman of BB&T with $186.8 billion in assets. Today, I'm joined by Mr. King to discuss how the country's leading banking institutions are tackling cybersecurity and how he sees cyber threat intelligence evolving over the next two years. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Kelly, as the CEO of one of the country's leading banking institutions, what would you say are your top cybersecurity concerns and how are you addressing them?
1: Well, I think the number one concern, Tracy, is that the level of attacks against the financial services industry and corporate America in general have really escalated over the last few years. Um, And they're coming from a very wide range of threats that, unfortunately, are very experienced and very well financed. And so the level of risk has increased substantially over these last few years. So that's the number one concern. Following and related to that, of course, is the ability of the industry to raise our level of defenses commensurate with the increased level of the attack and we've made really good progress with regard to that, but it's a I'm afraid a never ending game and it's an escalating process almost on a daily basis. And so I think that the greatest challenge we have today is to make sure that we defend against these attacks such that, you know, we don't have any major disruptions that would create a, a sense of confidence decay in the financial services industry.
0: Kelly, much has been said about the need for C-level executives to get more involved with cybersecurity initiatives, as well as helping them gain a deeper understanding about the emerging cyber risks. Cybersecurity has been a long-time focus for you, however. Why would you say that your perspective has been different from others in the industry who hold the same position that you hold?
1: Well, to be honest, I, um, of course, like I think all executives was generally aware of the risk, but about uh, three years ago, I became chairman of the technology committee of the Financial Services Roundtable, which is the top 100 banks and insurance companies in the country. Uh, And in that role, uh, one of our primary responsibilities uh, for the industry uh, was to and is to focus on the whole cybersecurity threat uh, and the uh, steps we should be taken to try to defend against that threat. And so because of that responsibility and chairing that committee, uh, I found myself pretty immersed in working with staff at the roundtable and others in government Uh, And industry groups trying to be sure we could develop a plan to try to execute on reducing the risk and make sure it was effective. I wouldn't say it was fortuitous (laughs) because it's a pretty daunting responsibility. But in in all seriousness, it was uh, fortuitous for our company because it caused me to be much more immersed in uh, the area and became much more aware and much more knowledgeable than, than I would have been. And so. I consider it to be kind of a blessing to be able to be in that place, to be able to learn as much as I've learned, and to be able to make some kind of a positive industry contribution in terms of uh, this pretty important area.
0: Yes, that's an excellent point. And what advice then, Kelly, would you say that you could offer to other C-level executives as they strive to gain a better understanding of cyber threats? and get more involved in their departments, fight against these types of threats. Obviously, not everyone is going to have the opportunity to get involved with BITS, but there probably are some things they could do locally to help them educate themselves a bit more.
1: Yeah, so I think the most important advice I can give other CEOs of any industry, but certainly in the financial industry, is to make sure that they and their executive team and their board are fully aware of the level of risk. Because in any business, until you fully comprehend the risk, then it's very difficult, if not impossible, to develop it or formulate a strategy to mitigate the risk. So being aware and being focused is number one. Number two is to make sure that everybody understands that this is a risk, that while you can't erase it, you can mitigate it, and you must because the result of not spending the appropriate amount of time and money to mitigate these various risks is an outcome that you cannot afford to take as a CEO. So raising it very high up in the organization's awareness and perspective and strategic relative positioning and then being willing to spend more than you think you can afford would be my primary advice.
0: I attended an ABA risk management event a couple of weeks ago, and something that came up across the board was, cyber threats and how organizations need to be addressing cyber threats across all lines of business. Do you feel that over the course of the last 16 to 24 months that that really is something that's resonating at banking institutions of all sizes?
1: Yes. I think all size institutions are dramatically more aware and focused on the whole cybersecurity risk today than two or three years ago probably been becoming increasingly aware kind of almost on a daily basis. You know, as we've had some of the major breaches out in the retail environment uh, over the last 24 months, it's done frankly a lot to heighten everybody's awareness, I think, in government and all types of industries. And certainly I think some of the efforts that we've made in the Financial Services Roundtable and other industry groups, including ABA and independent community bankers associations and others, all of the industry groups have really been banded together, working to make sure everybody is as focused on, you know, being as aware as they can. So, yeah, I think they're really aware. The next step is that everybody has to move from awareness to action. Being aware is good, but being aware without taking action is bad. So my encouragement to everybody today is to make sure that they are taking as much of a actionable steps in this direction as they reasonably can. And one of the areas, Tracy, that I strongly recommend for banks of all sizes is to make sure that they are an active, full member of what's called FSISAC, which is the Financial Services Industry Information Sharing and Analysis Center. This organization, after a number of banks made a lot of investments in the last couple of years, is now fully automated and capable of providing instantaneous information about threats from various governmental sources out to the banks. And in dealing with cybersecurity risks, information is critical and timing is everything. What FSIFEC does is it positions you in the best place you can be to get the information as quickly as possible and then you can work with your people to take action to try to mitigate the threat. You can't practically, to my knowledge, you can't stop being attacked. What you can do is to respond quickly and effectively once you've been attacked. So the challenge is to make sure that you're really connected. And this FSI stack is something that I really strongly recommend. The membership in it has increased substantially over the last couple of years, but there still are a lot of institutions that are not full members of FSISAC, and I would really strongly encourage them to do so immediately.
0: Kelly, I'm really glad that you brought up the FSISAC, because I did want to ask you about information sharing, as I know that this is an area that you've been very focused on over the course of the last two to three years. Could you speak about your perspective on SOLTRA Edge, which is this automated information sharing platform that the FSISAC is now promoting?
1: Yeah, so Soldier Edge is the, is the name that this new automated process was uh, given. So until about um, a year and a half ago, FSISAC was still in existence. It was actually created by the government right after 9-11. But until about a year or so ago, the information was coming to the government, into the FSISAC, and then it was being delivered out to institutions on a very rudimentary basis, basically like uh, email, just not very fast. And so the leadership of FSISAC made our BITS committee, the technology committee, aware of the fact that if they had, you know, a reasonable amount of money they could develop software to automate this so it could be done much more quickly. So Richard Davis, who's the CEO of US Bank and I were leading a what we call a cybersecurity summit process, which we continued. We've been having cybersecurity summit meetings including all of the industry representatives and government representatives, et cetera, typically a couple of times a year. So we pulled together some support and got them the money that they needed, and then they developed this automated software, which is now Solta Edge. So it's operational, and, and it is, the, as I said, the very best way for companies to be able to access pretty much instantaneously the threat information. So, um, again, it's, a, it's the strongest recommendation I can make is to be sure to join sign up for Solta Edge.
0: Kelly, let's talk a little bit about some of the services that are provided by the FSISAC. So in addition to Sultra Edge, I know there have been some training exercises, cyber training exercises that the FSISAC has helped to facilitate. What role would you say cyber training plays at your institution?
1: Well, I think, um, I think it's a pretty big deal, to be honest. I mean, one of the things that we do, and I would encourage uh, organizations to do, is do cybersecurity event simulations where you have your technology people, your security people create a simulated attack and you go through the process of how to respond. And I know when we first started this, we found that we had a lot more questions than we had answers. And it may not sound as effective as it is, but even though you know it's a simulation, when you really go through a day or two or three, however you set up the simulation, where you are dealing with a simulated event which you know really could happen and then you have to think through the various responses that you would need to take. It's an extremely eye opening process and I consider the person to be one of the best things we've done at BB&T. So any form of training is really good but i consider this uh, simulation as maybe the best out there. Then of course there's huge amounts of technical training which I'm not qualified to really cover the detail on but When you talk to security people, they can explain to you how they have various training processes to allow for the kind of interconnectivity that you need with your service providers when an event occurs. So, you know, working with the telecommunications folks and other service providers that provide services to these companies, uh, it's very important that they have gone through the appropriate amount of training with those organizations so that when the event hits, you're not uh, scrambling around trying to find the phone number. You need to have already well thought out and well trained so that being able to, you know, bring the resources that you need from your various partners to be able to uh, mitigate the threat And that needs to be as seamless as possible.
0: And then, Kelly, before we close, just one final question for you. Could you give us some perspective about your cybersecurity budget at BB&T? How has it increased or changed over the last year, and what are your future plans?
1: Well, our budget has basically doubled in the last uh, couple of three years. It's growing on an annualized basis at a very strong double-digit pace. And, frankly, I expect that will continue for as far as I can see, you know, hopes that we reach some type of tipping point where we can scale back on these investments. But today I'd say we're a long way from that because there's too big of a gap today between the risk and the amount of cost that is required to mitigate the risk. And so we we think we have to continue to make substantial investments in this area. We have done it. We will continue to do it. And I would strongly recommend everybody, as I said earlier, spend a lot more than you think you can afford because the cost of not doing it is unacceptable.
0: I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Very informative.
1: Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great day.
0: Again, we've just heard from Kelly King of BB&T. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.